Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ramil and the Miami Heat. Bounce back after a disappointing loss Monday night to the Mavericks to beat the the Philadelphia 76ers 125-98. This is nothing short of a blowout, David. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised that you uh, mispronounced your name. This isn't a team with much of an identity at this point, so it's tough to look at the 76ers. It's been tough for a long time, but uh, you know, despite the the nice run they had there at some point during the season, they took some major blows today. Obviously, they've traded away Nerlens Noel, part of the process for them. Joel Embiid is out for the rest of the season, was officially declared so today, and of course. Uh, <clears throat> Um, ben Simmons is is officially out for the rest of the season as well. So this is a team that's just really floundering. I mean, and, and I think it was particularly noticeable in the lackluster play of Jalil Okafor, a guy who we had discussed at one point as a potential trade asset. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, he's just completely lost any will to continue playing. And uh, Miami was able to capitalize. They got some really nice performances it was a balanced effort all the way around, and then they certainly had a lot more energy. So it, it was nice to see. I know we had talked about you know the loss against the Mavericks, whether it was indicative of Miami playing badly or Dallas playing well. Um, I think it may have been a combination of both, and, uh, and and it seemed like they were able to bounce back, which is a big question for them. It's you know they've they've shown that they can be resilient, something that they weren't able to be earlier in the season. Five players scoring fifteen points or more for the Heat. Hassan Whiteside, Goran Dragic, Dion Waiters, Wayne Ellington, who was just on fire from three-point range, and then Tyler Johnson, who had a game-high 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Um, big games all around, not really any one person who dominated. I want You mentioned Okafor. Whiteside's made basically a paycheck and a career out of dominating lesser centers, and maybe he doesn't stack up against comparable centers as much as we'd hope he does, but... Anytime right. he comes up against a lesser-skilled center, he, t- he tends to dominate those games. And even though he just had 15 points and 11 rebounds, which was a modest game for Whiteside, I mean, we were talking the other night about a 19-19 and 19 performance he had that he didn't play well in. He just kind of, it was like an empty 19 points and 19 rebounds. Tonight, 15 points and 11 rebounds. But I thought that those were a lot more effective. I mean, he was 6 of 9 from the field, so he was very efficient. He pl- he only had to play 22 minutes in the game, so if right. he would have played 30 minutes, he would have certainly had at least 20 points. And I thought he dominated that matchup. And just outside of that, look, Okafor was arguably Philadelphia's best player on the court tonight, uh, just skill-wise. Robert Covington had a nice night for them, 19 points. Dario Saric, uh, 10 points, has had a nice season for them as a rookie. But look, you need somebody to step up if you're Philadelphia, and, and nobody was able to do that. And when Whiteside's able to dominate from the very beginning and from the middle of the court, that just kind of spreads to the rest of the Heat team. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to 
cast any negative aspersions, but you know, obviously these are the kind of matchups he should be dominating, right? A guy like Okafor, who's still only in his second year, decidedly groundbound, doesn't really have the same kind of mobility, isn't anywhere near an elite level defender or rim protector. These definitely are the kinds of matchups that Whiteside should dominate. But uh, it's good to do that, you know. But you also want to be able to do it against stronger competition as well. But still, uh, a good bounce back for performance. And I agree with you 100%. This was, despite not a, as productive a stat line as his performance against the Mavericks, I think it was much better overall. And, and the 22 points, I mean, 22 minutes that he did play, um, you know, that that's really telling that he was able to produce that highly in such a short amount of time. He actually uh, received an injury, a cut, I think, above his eye. Uh, that took him out for a good chunk of time, um, and he wasn't really necessary at this point. You know, once he once you know they they taped him back up, put a bandaid over it, and he was able to come out and play. I don't think he actually wound up playing all that much more after that. He, he received the cut, if he did at all. I, I wasn't really keeping track because by that point, Miami had extended their lead considerably, and it looked like it was going to be an easy blowout win. Well, it was a fortunate scheduling uh, situation for Miami. I think they needed to play. Not a tough team tonight. After, after a really a, a, a tough performance against Dallas that maybe took the wind out of their sails a little bit, mm-hmm. um, playing a, a team like Philadelphia who's just not good, I think that really helped Miami. I don't know if they would have beat a Houston Rockets or a Warriors tonight. I think uh, the theme of this game was bouncing back, and that's what they did. We talked about Whiteside having just a better overall game. Um, Deion Waiters bounced back 15 points on 7 of 12 shooting really efficient a nice night for him um, except for 4 turnovers but that's when it, that's going to happen every so often when you handle the ball so much he was still a plus 6 for the game uh, Miami's 3 point shooting in general which was so bad against Dallas was uh, back to stellar as it has been throughout this whole year uh, 43.3% from 3 point range 13 of 30 uh, this was a team that just kind of dominated on defense they had 12 blocks tonight? I mean, look, it's, it's the 76ers. They're not a good team. They're a very bad team. But like I said, it was nice that that kind of worked its way into the schedule, and maybe Miami gets its confidence back after bouncing back, and they're able to string some more wins together because they're going to have to to get back in this playoff race. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, they, They're going to face a tougher stretch in the next few weeks. I know their next game is Friday against the Orlando Magic, a team that's definitely reeling. They've made some trades, obviously, and uh, they're lacking in identity at this point also. So Miami should be able to travel to Orlando and pick up another win there. But, uh, you know, it's it's good to kind of fine-tune things. I think, you know, Spolstra has always mentioned that it's necessary to continue getting better as the season progresses. And maybe that was a philosophy that he employed when it was the big three era, and they kind of sat through the, the regular season and didn't really take it as seriously, knowing that they were going to be able to compete for a title um, at some point. But, uh, you know, for the Heat, I think it's still necessary because, you know, they're clearly playing their best stretch of basketball over the last month or so. Eric Spolstra, to his credit, won uh, Eastern Conference Coach of the Month as well, mm-hmm. guiding the team to some impressive victories along the way. So, um, you know, he, he probably wants them again, you know, fine tuning these little things, tightening up their defense a little bit, getting this kind of consistent scoring from from their, their ball handlers and things of that sort. And uh, it, it really paid off tonight. Again, you know, take it for what it is, considering Philadelphia isn't a particularly good team. But these are the ones that you have to pick up. You can't afford to lose a game like this. I mean, and that's 
that that Mavericks game was a game that you can't afford to lose. A game, a Mavericks team that's not good. A Mavericks team that's starting Yogi Ferrell and Seth Curry in the backcourt and mm. uh, has a lot of injuries and just basically admitted to tanking by waving Do- uh, Darren Williams and Andrew Bogut. They're two veteran players. They said, we'll "Get rid of these guys. We're going young. We're tanking this year." That's what they're doing, and they lost that game. So beating Philadelphia is huge to just make sure that they're on the right track. We talked about the the, the playoff race there a little bit. Miami on a night wins on a night that the Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks both lost, which is huge. They go uh, they they extend their lead over the Bucks for this eighth seed by a game, so they now have two and a half games up over the Bucks, and they are now just a half game back of the Pistons. Detroit. Falling to twenty nine and thirty two, Miami is now twenty nine and thirty three, just a half game back of Detroit. I mean, at this point, they have as much of a right to the eighth seed as the Pistons do. They've just played one more game than they have. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear that's the goal, right? I mean, this team is moving forward with that kind of level of intensity, and that's that's clearly part of the goal something that we couldn't have predicted two months ago but uh you know they're definitely engaged and like, like i said they're just trying to get better each game and and focusing on on reaching the postseason something that uh, n- none of us expected yeah you mentioned miami's upcoming schedule might be a little tough um looking at detroit's schedule at philadelphia versus chicago at indiana so uh, some soft games here just because chicago but well, no chicago and indiana they're not soft they're they're decent teams uh they're right in the pistons level and then they play inconsistent yeah um so look it's going to be a tough stretch for everybody involved i'm looking at their schedule now they play cleveland i think twice more the pistons do yeah. just like miami so um but that's a team yeah. that i'm curious i mean it's not to say that Miami is going to be at Cleveland's level. That's obviously not the case. But they can pull away with a victory here and there, I think, uh, against the top team simply because of that consistent level of energy that they bring for 48 minutes. If it's a night where their scoring is on point, their shots are falling, their drive and kick game is, is playing at a, at a high level – then they can knock off any high quality opponent. I mean, if you, if think, you can I knock off to that point too, I think Whiteside has a he has potential to dominate a game from start to finish. I mean, it's there. He just doesn't really do it. We we That's see flashes point. of it, right? Yeah, and they'll still be missing Kevin Love, I think, for, for yeah. during those games. And uh, although they're adding Andrew Bogut and Derwin Williams, and of course bringing back Derek Williams, who's playing at a very high level for Cleveland. Um, you know, Miami's still capable of, I, of pulling a victory there if they're fully engaged. I would be surprised if the Heat got swept if they made the playoffs, right? I think they would make it. They would win at least one game, no matter who they played. It just yeah. I mean, look, they'll 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 take the foot off the gas every once in a while. I mean, we saw that from LeBron-led teams here in Miami, um, and and I, I would say that those teams were probably better than the the team he's got in Cleveland right now. So Can we make a rule that if the Heat end up playing the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs, and the Bulls end up falling out of the postseason altogether, that Dwayne Wade could just come back for the playoffs? I don't see why not. Like that should be like a Adam Silver at that point should just step in and be like everybody wants to see this let's make it happen. A one day trade exception, you know, where you can acquire any player <laughs> from any team and not have to pay them. I would love if just in general the NBA would adopt a rule where you could maybe do like a draft, like an eight person draft of players that didn't make the playoffs. So if like the Bucks didn't make it, um, oh god, could you? you know, it would go that? from like eight to one, right? Like if you're the eight, if you if the Heat ended up with the eighth seed. They could draft Giannis Antetokounmpo in the first with the first pick in the playoff draft. 
and like Cleveland would have like the eighth pick and end up taking like Nick Vucevic or something. But like Kristaps Porzingis would be there, Carmelo Anthony. That's who the that's who the Cavaliers would take, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think that would be really fun. Wouldn't that be cool? No, I wouldn't. I mean, it would be it would be interesting as hell. Like, I'll be honest with you. If, if we couldn't, if it, but it's basically saying that we couldn't care about anything that we've ever loved about basketball. Like, the whole idea of a regular season would be a sham. I mean, can you imagine if if teams are already tanking now, and they aren't particularly concerned, especially at a higher level, uh, uh, you know, as far as where their their eventual seating will be? Could you imagine teams trying nope, to slip? Would- that would prevent people from tanking, though, because they'd be like, we can make the eighth seed and still win the finals. Because if we hit, if we at least get the eighth seed, we get the best non-playoff, best player on a non-playoff team. Like, Well, yeah, well, how many games would LeBron rest during the next month and a half of the season or whatever? Could you imagine? That's what I'm talking about oh, like, as far as tanking is concerned. Everybody like, right would now, between like 40 and 50 games. Nobody <laughs> would win any more than that. <laughs> That's right. And then the uh, the Golden State Warriors regular season record would never get touched because everybody would try to lose a fair amount of games throughout the course of the season. But, you know, to that point, though, everybody would be fully rested. You know, the playoffs would certainly yeah. be a lot more exciting. Shorten the season. Make it. Everybody's rested. The playoffs would be the best. Like, I don't know. Add another round. I don't know. Um, what a hell of a concept. I never considered that. An eight An eight-team draft. Well, no, you would add another round, so it would be a twelve te- or a ten-team draft. That way, like a couple more really great players get into the playoffs, so you couldn't pick them. So, Ooh. like in this in this scenario, the Heat and Bucks would automatically be in. So you'd be picking the best player off of the Hornets, Knicks, Seventy Sixers, Magic, and Nets. I don't think that would dramatically change anything. Kemba Walker. On what team? The Bulls? Like the Bulls would add him. Like Miami it's... doesn't want Kemba Walker. Like they've got no. Dragic. Like. Who would you get? A guy like Batum, maybe? Batum, I mean, Batum would be in, like Carmelo Anthony uh, for the Heat. Kristaps Porzingis, I think, would be their number one pick. Uh, Vucevic oh, could yeah. be a good player. Brooke Lopez, I don't. Brooke Lopez, absolutely. I mean, but none of those guys, I think, are like dramatically changing it. It would just be like interesting. It would, yeah, because you can only get the one player. Would you have to waive somebody on the roster no, too? Get a roster spot, yeah. <laughs> so we keep and the other, and the, White. the other team has to still pay them. That's their penalty for, as for long not as they're in the playoffs, playoffs, which would which would keep uh, would which would keep preventing tanking because you'd still have to pay one of your players throughout the playoffs, however long they played, despite not making the playoffs. So you'd want to make the playoffs to make your money worth it. This is whole, and they'd get a playoff share, right, of the overall eventual winnings that each team gets. The team, no, absolutely not. no, no. The the player that oh, they the get, player like, does, yeah, the player does, yeah. So when we sign Brook Lopez, he still gets a share of the playoff winnings. Yes. You know, it's an interesting idea, <laughs> but it's never going to happen. No. It's a really good way to waste like five or six minutes on a podcast, though. <laughs> Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. So we did want to take this opportunity now, because the Heat played the 76ers, to maybe talk about this Rookie of the Year situation, Joel Embiid out for the rest of the year. 
Look, a, a, a rookie. He he was the front runner for rookie of the year, but he's only going to amount thirty games played, thirty one games played this season. He's not winning rookie of the year with that. So this field might be a little bit more open than we thought. I think the leading the, the leaders for rookie of the year now are maybe Philadelphia's own Dario Saric and uh, Milwaukee's Malcolm Brogdon. But should Rodney Magruder be in this conversation now? He's a rookie. You know, I think much like other postseason awards like this, I think a lot of it depends on how Miami's season winds up. You know, if they wind up making somehow a really, really strong push, possibly getting a seventh seed, and maybe he has a couple of games there where he play, he scores over 20 points, maybe has a critical defensive play at the end of a game, maybe hit a big shot somehow, although I can't imagine a scenario where Magruder would have the ball in his hands in a clutch situation. But let's say just for, you know, shits and giggles, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I think that his campaign could possibly pick up any steam. I think, I mean, we, we like Magruder as much as you possibly can. He's certainly a, a solid contributor and a really important part of what Miami's been able to do, but he's still just a, a role player, albeit a very good one. Yeah, I mean, his counting stats aren't high. I think his plus minus, his value over replacement, his win shares, all those fancy advanced stats that try to measure the overall value of a player that includes counting stats and everything in between the lines and just those quote-unquote winning plays that Spolster likes to call them. Right. Uh, those are all good for Magruder. His counting stats are not, and that's fine, right? Because the Heat aren't asking to do that, and that's actually why he's been so effective in his roles, because they don't need him to do that. He's so effective just kind of doing all the dirty work. And unfortunately, there's not really a counting stat for dirty work. On NBAStats.com, I mean, there's... There's hustle plays that are being uh, that they're starting to count, but just like in general, just like that stuff of like being six four and two hundred and, and playing great defense against a six foot eight Paul George, that doesn't really show up in the box score. Defensive stats aren't good right now, um, so I just think that his value doesn't it doesn't translate in the box score. That said, right. look, I, I, that's okay. Like uh, I think a guy like Malcolm Brogdon is an extremely uh, deserving of Rookie of the Year at this point. I mean, his counting stats are great. He's averaging, um, I got it, almost 10 points a game, uh, four assists and three rebounds a game, and he's he, he's a he's another great defensive player uh, from Milwaukee. Saric is another good one, a, a little bit over 11 points a game, six rebounds, almost two assists per game. I mean, those guys have the stats. They're, they've played more minutes. I think they're all uh, probably more deserving of Magruder, but I would like to just... I would like to see Magruder get some get some love, and that's why kind of why we wanted to talk about it is just because look, he's a rookie, and he might out of out of those three guys, he might be the only one that actually makes it to the playoffs. That's worth yeah. something, right? If you had a vote, who would get it? Brogdon, probably. Yeah, you know what? Hell, if they gave me a vote for some reason, I'd vote for Magruder, <laughs> and then I'd lose my vote. Yeah, but if I were taking it seriously, probably Brogdon. Okay, so for the one year that you got to vote, you would just say, you would just vote every Heat player possibly. You know, <laughs> waiters for most improved, MVP Goran Dragic. Six-man James Johnson, coach of the for year, sure. Eric Spolstra. Defensive player Absolutely. of the year would be uh, not Hassan Whiteside, sorry. Ooh. I, yeah, I don't know. Luke Babbitt. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> there it is. On a night where he gets two blocks, I think clearly he's a stronger defensive player. Put it on the highlight reel and just play the two blocks over and over again. People will be like, wow, he blocks a lot of shots. 
That one time he harassed Paul Millsap into a bad turnaround jumper. <laughs> that and these two blocks, that's his highlight reel. It's like a 9 to 11 second highlight reel, and that's it. And they're like, wow. Yeah, no, and you get that, that super slow-mo phantom can that's like really, really hyper detailed and everything i mean that's yes. that's where the, the money shot right there i mean you look at that you see, look at look at the amazing footwork on babbitt that one time he stuck his hand straight up in the air was able to harass the score <laughs> the sweat that's, just that's the sweat beating off of his long hair it would be perfect each, um, yeah each floppy strand waving in the air that's awesome yeah, that's awesome all right well anything else that you want to add to this recap nonsense conversation that we're having no, I mean, uh, excited about covering the Heat on Friday, I'll be honest with you. I'll be there mm. at the Amway Center when they uh, play the Orlando Magic, so that's going to be a really good game, I think. Uh, Do you want to request be a... for questions to ask in the mailbag? Hell yeah. If everybody can shoot in any questions over the next day, that would be great. You send those to us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. You can send those to us at Twitter at LockedOnHeat, or you can just follow me on Twitter at DRAMIL13. That's D-R-A-M-I-L-13. And just shoot over any questions you might have, and I'll I'll certainly try to do you know you know ask them while I'm there. You know, if you want me to get in trouble with Eric Spolstra, I'll be happy to ask any questions you might have, and I will ask Luke Babbitt about his hair and why he refuses to cut it. Look, it's hot in South Florida. Most players have cut their hair when they've gone to when they've signed with the Miami Heat, right? Like who was the one uh, Chris Bosh, right? When he had the dreadlocks and he came and, and shaved his head, basically, or went with the the buzz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Players cut their hair all the time. McRoberts did it eventually, and then grew it out again, oh. and cut it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, can I add that? Like, you know, there, there, I want to say to any Heat fans that are listening, you know, be better. You know, the, uh, uh, the Miami Heat sent out happy birthday wishes for Josh McRoberts, and the timeline was filled with nothing but vitriol. And I'm really, really disappointed about that. I saw that on Facebook. I saw it on Twitter. You know. I understand Mick Roberts hasn't played pretty well, but he's a he's a person. You know, he's it's not his fault that his ankles and feet are an absolute mess. You know, he doesn't deserve that. And, and you know, he he when he came to this team, we were all excited about it. We thought he was going to be a a nice, valuable component who added a lot of versatility. He played some decent minutes for us earlier in the season when Miami wasn't winning pretty you know particularly much. So we should all be better as people, as fans, and, and we should appreciate what McRoberts has done over the, the few games that he's been available. He's trying his best. I don't think he's he's actively sabotaging his career at this point by, by playing as little as possible. So we should be a little bit more accepting of, of his contributions to the team, as limited as, as they've been. And here at Locked on Heat, we wish him a happy birthday. Absolutely. Well, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, thank you for listening. Get in touch with the show, as David said, at Locked on Heat on Twitter, or by email. You can send us mailbag questions, comments, or sponsorship opportunities. That's LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. And if you're not subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically every day. Then go to iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Tell a friend about the show, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long lasting 10 year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.